0: Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hi guys, welcome back to the Resilient Podcast. This is Shelby here, and I am going to be talking about something a little different today. We talk about a lot of women's issues or how to grow spiritually as women. Obviously the the platform on social media is called Resilient for the Women, and so it's very heavily focused on uh, women <laughs> as a whole. So today is going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about fathers and we are approaching Father's Day. That's this coming weekend. Um, And so, yeah, I, I wanted to dig into this topic because there is so much about fathers that help us relate to God as a father. And so there is a bigger picture than just like having a dad. And I want you listening to know like if this is a part of your journey that has been difficult or has, um, makes you uncomfortable or maybe you're going, oh, I don't want to listen to this podcast. It's about dads and I can't relate. I don't, I'm not a dad. I don't have a connection with my dad or, oh, like I, I'm not married. And so it's like not a part of my life, like fatherhood, like having my kid's dad, you know, any of those thoughts. I want to just reassure you, um, the purpose is to better understand the role of fathers, um, and how to like what they do for their children. Um, not just like theoretically, but like spiritually and um, practically and how that applies to us um, and how we view God and how to receive love from God and how to receive whatever he is supposed to instill in us. Because I think sometimes um, based on our experience with fathers, even if you had a good dad in your life, um, there might be certain things that you have created walls based on imperfections, right? Our dads or Um, Like just like us, uh, those of us that are moms, we're not perfect. It's the same thing with fathers. They're not perfect. And so they're not a perfect reflection of who God is, but they were designed to give us an image of what God our Father can look like. And so I think it's it's important that we understand those two things. And I think it's important we talk about this. And so um, I don't always love doing (laughs) holiday-focused episodes, but I just felt... Um. Yeah, that this is super important, and so, um, let's ju- just dump, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. jive, jump, dump. What? Let's jump right into it. Um, first of all, if there's any men listening, happy Father's Day to any fathers out there, <laughs> and to those of you who are celebrating the fathers in your life, I just want to say, um, that we so appreciate fathers. But yeah, we just want to celebrate fathers. Day and just fathers in general, and the way they give to their children, their families, the way they lead their homes, protect, provide, instill identity—all of those things. Because I do think right now we're living in a time where uh, masculinity is under attack. Like if you if you go on social media and you look up masculinity, a lot of it's talking about toxic masculinity or um, like changing your gender or any of those things. And I do feel like there is a war on masculinity right now in our world. And, um, And so I think it's important for us as Christians to celebrate masculinity, just like we want to be celebrated in our womanhood and our femininity. And we want to embrace that as women. And we want men to celebrate that in us and champion that in us. I think it's important that we make sure to champion that in the men in our lives. And so I want to just start off by saying that Um, I've been blessed. I have an incredible father. Um, I my husband, Clark, he's an amazing dad. And I'm just so blessed with those men that I have seen as examples in grandfathers and in -in father-in-laws, all of it, just like it has been a blessing to see um, men, the men in in my life, the fathers, I would say more specifically in my life, uh, really demonstrate Jesus in many ways. And that's been a blessing. Um, But I also want to just acknowledge that even talking around this topic can be hard for people. Maybe you've lost your father or maybe you never really had a father in your life. Maybe you're far away and the distance has been hard or you have a bad relationship with your dad. Um, I want you to know that like you are seen and your pain is important and it's valid. But like, I just want you to hear that like from the very beginning, like hear that you are important and like your experience, even though it's not always vocalized is valid. And that's hard. And not everybody understands maybe what you're walking through or your unique situation with the father figure in your life. And that's even a big part of why I want to put this together. So for those of us who did have good fathers, for those who have not had a good experience with fathers in general, um, I think it's important that we do discuss this and we go deep with what God wants us to see because clearly he wanted to model something. I also just want you to know that God is your father and he wants to comfort and love you in times that are hard. He wants to be present and he is a perfect father. And so he is not going to wound you. Um, and he, he wants, he's extending himself as this perfect father to you. And so, um, all of us have the opportunity to step into that and and embrace him as a perfect father. Um, So we're going to be on this episode talking about two main things today. And one is the purpose of a a father, and the other is how we view God as father. And so I would say those two things go in hand in hand, uh, but those are the two things we're going to focus on. So, I'll start with just like the purpose of a father. A father does so many different things in our lives. Fathers teach, they love, they protect, they lead, they serve, they provide. Um, They do so many different things. But if you boil it down, a man's main purpose in his role as a father is to instill identity into his children. A father is the one that instills identity into his children. And I would say that everyone that I have met or come in contact with, or even in my own experience, in my own life, everyone is searching for who they are. And if you want a good podcast on identity, go back a couple episodes to one with um, Simi John. She talks about identity. She talks about this specifically, about how everyone is searching for who they are. And you're going to find it somewhere. And the important thing is that you find it in the right place. Um, But from the very beginning of our lives, we look to those who raise us to better understand who we are. We look to our mothers and our fathers to understand who am I? What is my purpose? What is my value? What makes me unique? That's what we seek out in our parents because they're the strongest voice speaking into us. And I would say that if we don't receive that as children, we will search for it for our entire lives until we find who we are. And some of us are going to come into that in a healthy way, and some of us are not. Some of us are going to search in a really painful way to find who we are. And if we don't get that when we're young. And so I would say that's such an important role of a father. And I would say even more today in this movement of self-discovery, if that's what you want to call it. And it's not all bad. I think it's so important that we learn about ourselves and who God created us to be. And it's so important to discover more about ourselves all the time. I would say that's a very healthy thing to do. Understanding how you're wired helps you to function healthier. So I don't want you to hear me condemning self-understanding or like self-discovery, but um because it can make us better. But at the same time, there is an unhealthy portion of that happening in our world. And that's the brokenness, the sin that we <laughs> have come into that that is what is being played out. Um But because of that brokenness and the brokenness that comes into our homes, and I would say the lack of parents' involvement, I would say even more when it comes to fathers than mothers, um, there is this great... um, like a drop off where kids are not being raised by fathers. I think the stat that I found actually is that 33% of kids grow up without a father. That's one third of all kids. So one in every three kids grows up without a father in their life. And I think that because of that, we are seeing a generation of young people that have never had identity instilled into them. And so there is this trend of chasing after sin in order to, quote-unquote, find yourself or in order to discover your sexuality, Um, and it also creates this lack of confidence. And then people have no boundaries, and, and having no boundaries, and what I mean by that is not just like sexual boundaries, I'm talking about in life, there's no like boundaries around your life to say, this is what is safe and healthy and what can guide you in the right. There's no direction. And what that does is it actually makes us feel unsafe. And when there's no fathers to instill those boundaries and say, Hey, I'm going to guide you and protect you and, and point you in the right direction. And when you fall, I'm going to pick you up and be there for you. And I'm going to show you right from wrong. And I'm going to, um, walk with you and let you discover who you are in the safety of my presence. And I'm not talking about God, the father. I'm like that too, but I'm talking about in a physical presence of a dad being there It creates this safe place where we can grow in confidence in understanding who we are because our father is instilling our identity into us. And children look to their fathers to understand themselves and who they are, as well as how they should behave and what they should value. And when fathers are present to provide this, it makes a huge difference. Uh, some other stats that I found, they literally show that a father's involvement can help a baby gain healthy weight as it grows, like f- physically be a healthier child. A father's involvement can help kids find a stable job later in life. That's very common If for people when they, when they look at the stats, people who find stable jobs are more likely to have had a, a father in their home. It helps them. uh, Having a father in your home can help stay out of prison. And kids who grow up with a father in their home are half as likely to struggle with depression. And that was really shocking to me because we are seeing a whole generation of kids and teens grow up with depression and anxiety haunting their lives. And I would say that this continues to spike as there are fathers that are not present in the home. Because literally, 50% less likely to struggle with depression if your dad was present. A father can have so many positive effects on their child's education, on their social and emotional health, everything. It helps a child's overall well-being. And this is largely credited to children being taught their identity, because we throw ourselves at all these other things that don't satisfy in this search for identity. And that's not always going to happen. So it's not a hundred percent all the time. There are different stories of people who have overcome and that is real. And God is present in that. Um, but it's just statistically, it is healthier for a father to be present because then we can better understand who we are. Um, I actually still remember when her daughter Esther was born, um, my husband and I, um, but even focusing more on him, he's been so present in her life and he and I would consistently tell her how pretty she was, how smart she was. We oohed and awed over her and, um, yeah, we just talked to her about, this is who you are. Wow. Esther, you are this all these positive things. And my husband would speak these things into her and he still does. But by about nine months old, she would smile and ooh and ah at her own self. And even now, like she's two and a half and she will sit with me and she'll say, can I watch videos of Esther? Can I watch videos of Esther? She just wants to see herself. And she laughs and she smiles. Like if you watch her watching the screen of herself, not even doing silly things, but just existing, she's smiling. And she, she really is pleased with herself. And I just find it so interesting because everything, like if you go back to nine months, everything that she understood about herself, and I guess this is still true today, everything pretty much that she understands about herself was only what we told her what she was. Like the only information she has about herself is based on what we have shown her and told her about who and what she is. She knew her value Because it was communicated to her over and over again. And that's why she knows right now, I'm the most awesome kid in the world. She literally lives her life through that lens. Because we've told her over and over again how valuable she is. And you can just see the direct correlation. And I would say, even my husband's voice speaking that into her is sometimes more important than mine. She loves her father. She clings to him. She goes to him. She wants his affirmation and his, his acknowledgement of who she is and what she's done. And she does that with me too, but she wants him to be pleased with her because she understands based on what he tells her she is. And so her confidence comes from being told, this is who you are. And it will continue to shape her as she goes. Even. Like it's very interesting for us as women when your child is born. Um, I had a nurse tell me this that they literally don't know that they are a separate entity from you until like way later. So even after you give birth and they're like you're holding them, you're nursing them, you're or feeding them, you're just having them close to you, they don't even at first understand that they are a separate being. They think they are you. <laughs> and so They don't have any concept of anything different unless you tell them. Okay, so bringing it back to fathers. So a big thing that fathers do is they instill identity. And a huge piece of that is actually naming their children. Naming your child is the ultimate form of giving them an identity. A name has so much meaning. It tells you and others who you are. It is what is declared over you whenever someone addresses you. When they say your name, they're speaking your identity over you. A father and a mother has a role in this too, but I would say a huge piece of a father's role is that they get to choose a piece of who you are and who you will be and what will be declared over you for the rest of your life as they name you. And I would encourage any fathers or women talk to your husbands if you're having kids and you're in that phase, but I would encourage fathers to consider the significance of the name that you give to your children. Give them meaning. Take that as an honor. Don't just let it pass by as if there's no purpose to it or not purpose, but just like, oh, that's fun. But like, think about what you are declaring over your child as you choose a name. And maybe you're sitting there thinking about your own name personally and thinking, oh, my name doesn't have meaning, or it has a bad meaning, or, oh, my father did not instill identity in me at all. (laughs) and Like, definitely not through my name. But I just want to encourage you that our God is in the business of making and giving new names. And when I say name, I mean like the identity that comes with that name. I don't mean just like name, like the identity, the, the who you are that comes with a name. Our God is in the business of giving new names. He changed Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah, Jacob to Israel, Simon to Peter, meaning rock that I will build my church on, Saul to Paul. Over and over again throughout the Bible, you see God giving people new names. And Revelation 2.17 talks about this. It actually says, I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. God is a redeemer. And at the end of time, his intention is to give each of us a new name with significance that only he and the one who receives it would know. How special is that? God desires to instill identity into you. And no father is perfect. No no father on this earth is going to live perfectly. And where your father maybe came up short or wasn't there or you didn't know him, God wants to redeem that for you as a perfect father. He wants to play a role in that. He is so present for you and he is in the business of giving you a new name and instilling a new identity into you that you can grab hold of and run with. And it may not look like changing your name practically, but he is ready to speak identity into you. I would encourage you to seek him out for that. Okay. Another big thing that, uh, not husbands fathers do, uh, is they raise their children up and God placed fathers in a position of authority. And we are so thankful for that. Like, I I think we skip around that. It's a little uncomfortable in this day and age when we are very much about like women's rights, but men do have authority. Fathers do, they've been placed by God in a position of authority. And, um, Oh, there's so much to say, say about that. I could go on a whole rabbit trail. Um, and fathers, like God's intention is that they don't abuse that authority. And so if that has been taken out of context um, and damaged you, I'm so sorry. Um, but God's intention to, with giving that authority to fathers was to care and protect and and love and to do that well. Um, but a piece of that authority is that fathers are called to affirm their children and this is what tells them who they are and what is valuable in them. Sons desire to hear their father tell them that he is proud of them. And, de- and I would say daughters desire to hear that they are worthy. So daughters and sons are different. Sons want to hear, I'm proud of you. While daughters want to hear, like, you are worthy. Like, there is a value to you. But overall, all children want to hear that they are loved. Doesn't matter what gender they are, like whether they're a girl or boy, they want to hear that they are loved and they desire affection. And it is a father's role to give that to their children. And, and yeah, I think sometimes men can hold that back because it maybe seems weak or, that that's a mom's role or I don't know, but men are are supposed to be lavishing that affection and love and pride and worth over their sons and daughters. Um, It's so, so important. And a piece of that love, I would actually say, is discipline even. And fathers are called to not only affirm but actually to discipline as well. And it is a form of love, even if it's uncomfortable. Discipline is love because it's not letting – like God disciplines those he loves. That's a whole podcast I could do in and of itself. And just as God does that, so fathers are, are called to do that too because it actually steers you in the right direction and it protects you. Um, Hebrews 12, five through seven says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. God disciplines his children because he loves us. And we should do the same. Fathers are called to be loving and yet still strong and firm. Discipline creates boundaries for kids. And boundaries actually make not just kids, but all people feel safe. Without boundaries, kids feel out of control. And need, like the children and the parents aren't happy like you don't end up with a good result. And I have seen that so much in my own daughter's life when we started, because we kind of went through this phase. It's like, oh, do we start disciplining her? She's so little, like when, when is the right time? And then it became very clear, like, no, this kid needs discipline. (laughs) And so we started having consequences for her actions in certain ways. And, um, through that, it was like immediately as there were consequences, she, felt safe. And her behavior shifted to like, not like this, this super healthy, like happy kid. (laughs) Like as soon as we started creating boundaries for her, and this is about a year, a year old, I think she was, and maybe a little before that, but like really getting serious about it at a year old. And she was like, wow, like you could see night and day difference. She was out of control for a little bit. And then when we started creating systems of discipline in our home she became a happy much happier kid and that would say that's for all of us like kids and adults we all feel safer and happier and and protected when there are boundaries even if we don't like them originally they are better for our overall well-being there's this quote that i found through the children's bureau so this is like Uh, yeah, it's just a great quote. It says, father involvement using authoritative parenting, and then it puts in parentheses, loving with clear boundaries and expectation. And so I loved that, like authoritative parenting. We can think of that as this like super harsh negative thing. But then in parentheses, it, it explains what is the definition of authoritative parenting. It's loving and with clear boundaries and expectations. So fathers that discipline that way, um, lead to better emotional, academic, social, and behavioral outcomes for children. And just like I said, with Esther, we started disciplining her and we saw a direct correlation to a better emotional, social, behavioral outcome. I would say not academic because she's not there yet, but, like overall, her well being improved. And I would say that's true in my own life. Like, even in my walk with God, like when I have had consequences for certain things and when I have certain boundaries in certain areas, I feel more safe and I feel like I can have a healthier overall well being. And so I love that quote. It's so helpful. And it was so cool because that is not even from a Christian source, that is a non Christian source, but it's saying that father involvement with active, authoritative parenting, it leads to emotional, academic, social, and behavioral healthier outcomes for those. And that's so powerful. I would say as a father disciplines and corrects his children, what they do is it helps to understand right from wrong. And it gives children clarity for how they should behave, how to carry themselves, how to manage their emotions and have self-control how to make good choices versus how to make bad choices, all of this is actually helping to instill identity as well. And it's helping to develop who they are as they understand, these are my limitations. They can then explore who they are and they can be affirmed in their identity. And it's going to be unique with each one of us, but that shape that the father provides, it allows their children a safe place to discover their identity. And the loving discipline of a father, it actually steers the direction of a child's life. And now if a father, or sorry, if if there is a father that has not done a great job, um, or maybe the enemy is trying to like speak lies over like the ability of certain fathers, or maybe as a wife, you would... <laughs> you would feel like, oh, my husband hasn't done a great job, or maybe there's some lies going on there, or just the reality that that is true. First of all, it's never too late for a father to start to give their child the love and discipline that they need. But also we need to remember to affirm the husbands, or sorry, the fathers in our lives Um, Because no parent is perfect and God is going to cover the holes in their parenting. And so we can't hold the fathers to this expectation that is unrealistic. And so it's important we affirm them and we just appreciate them in the mix of that. And where they've made mistakes or missed the mark, maybe been too gentle or too harsh, you know, God is going to come and fill those broken spaces. And so even if you're listening and you're a wife and you're, you're concerned about your husband's parenting ability, or you're like, oh yeah, this is not the experience my kids have been getting. Just know that God is present in that and don't let it be something that causes you anxiety or fear, um, because God can come and he fills in those places. And so even, yeah, I would encourage you, don't let these things, when I talk about what a father should do, if this has not taken place in your home, or maybe you didn't receive this and you are an adult sitting there going, oh, I did not receive this. That does not, that's not the end of the story. There's so much that God has even in the midst of that. I would say those things that I have covered Are how God created fathers to be an image that we can look to, to better understand him as a father. And getting right into that topic, this is kind of the second portion of this episode where I want to just talk about God as a father. And Jesus, he came to reveal to us God as father. John 14, seven says, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, Sorry, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Basically saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I came to reveal to you God as father. And in the Old Testament, God is not really referred to as a father. But when Jesus comes, he introduces us to God as a loving father. Um, Throughout the New Testament, God refers to himself as father and to us as children of God over and over again. It's interesting because it shifts even the language from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It shifts the language that is used. And it just shows that Jesus came to usher in that identity of God as our father. When Jesus came, he called God Abba, which means daddy, or like dada or papa. He changed the way we view God. So it's not even just like Dad or Father, He actually called God like this affectionate term for Father. and he he allowed us to view God in that same way. He actually introduced us to this childlike way of seeing God as our Father. and he gave us the same permission to see God in this way and to be vulnerable before him. Jesus actually he demonstrated this vulnerability in the Garden of Gethsemane. He called out to God as Abba. And he said, God, take this cup away from me. Like he's begging his father, like, dada, like literally the most simple form of Papa, please take this away from me. This pain, this suffering that I'm gonna have to face. But then he chooses to submit to the will of the father, knowing that he can trust that God, his father, is good. So Jesus really demonstrated that relationship of trust, but also vulnerability and the reality of going, God, I don't know how I feel. This is hard. Like, please don't make me go through with this. This is a wrestle. I don't know what to do. Jesus showed us that that's okay. And then he led us to the next steps that are not always going to be the, like, we're not going to be perfect and automatically do this. But he guided us to that next step of trust where he says, like, but. Not my will, yours be done. Um, It's such a beautiful example of what we can have in God as our father in that vulnerable relationship. And I would say when we yield ourselves to God in vulnerability, we get that same experience. When we call out to God as our father and let go of what we think is best in exchange for for trusting what he knows is best. And I want to highlight what we think is best versus what he knows is best. Um, We get to experience God as our father. We get that vulnerable relationship as we walk that out with him. I actually distinctly remember this time um, where I was really struggling and I just kept avoiding time with God (laughs) in the midst of my struggle. I like didn't draw near to him. I didn't want to spend time with him. And then one day I finally kind of like yielded to him and it was like, okay, I just, I need him. I can't do this. And I sat down on the couch, the corner of my couch and I opened my Bible, but I don't even remember reading anything. I just opened it up and I was about to start and I just kind of like let go and was like, God, I can't do this. I can't. Go on like this. Like I I I need you. And I started to weep. And I actually felt like I was like how I remember crying in my dad's arms. And there's many times in my life where I've cried in my dad's arms and he's just held me. And it reminded me of that same exact feeling of just the the safety of crying in my father's arms. And I felt like I was doing that in that moment with God. And I actually felt like him come around me and hold me and just be present with me and let me cry in his arms. And it was such a beautiful picture of that vulnerability in relationship with God as my father. And I want to just encourage you, you can have that too. That is accessible to you. God wants to offer that to you. He is there and he's ready to receive you in his arms Whatever it looks like, whether it's in tears, whether it's in moments of joy, whatever that looks like, he is so present and ready to be that father for you. We have like built into us a yearning for the love of the father and our lives cry out for intimacy with him. I would say we want to know God. We long to know God in this way. We long to be reassured that we are loved by God, even in our weakness and our brokenness. And if we had a father that was present, that loved and affirmed us, our view of God as the father is going to be a little bit easier because we're going to be able to picture what does that father in heaven look like? Because we don't get the tangible experience all the time. Like we might have glimpses of it here and there, but it takes faith, right? And so that's why God created us with fathers to have an image of what he would offer us in that relationship. So if you've had a good father, even if he's obviously not perfect, you're going to have a little bit easier time understanding that. But if you did not come from a home where there was a father that loved you unconditionally Where there was loving discipline, um, then a lot of times it's going to be harder to see this view of God as a father. And you might see this, if this is you, you might see this, um, this might be expressed in the fact that you might want to relate to God in other ways. It might be hard for you to relate to God as your father, but you can see him as a friend or a brother or a uh, like a close, as close as conversation, like those would be fine. Even maybe a lover, (laughs) you know, someone you are in love with, but to understand God as the father might be a little bit more difficult for you. You might have roadblocks in your heart when you begin to try to see God as this father. And I would say one of the things that I would say is most difficult to accept and understand about God as the father is that he loves you unconditionally because maybe you've never experienced a love like that. Maybe you've never had that where this love that isn't earned or that you don't deserve, that isn't given and then taken away based on your performance And so this kind of leads me to this question, and I want you to take a moment. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture God looking at you. Go ahead and do this right now. Close your eyes and picture God looking at you. Picture God thinking about you. How does he seem? Does he seem happy? Is he smiling? Does he seem angry or frustrated, maybe disappointed? Does he seem like, are his eyes full of love? What do you picture when you see God looking at you or if he's thinking about you? I would say whatever you picture is a really clear understanding of how you think God sees you. And I remember the first time I did this was in a Bible study that they kind of had us do this. And I remember like not even skipping a beat thinking like, oh yeah, he's disappointed in me because he knows I could do better. Like he knows that I could offer more, that I could be a better Christian, that I could share my faith more boldly, that I could spend time with him, which I really didn't at that time. And like it was like fact to me it it seemed valid it didn't seem weird <laughs> until then they they explained no he he's not angry or frustrated like he loves you fully right now he accepts you fully right now there is nothing that he is sitting there thinking about you when he thinks of you and pictures you or looks at you god is Pleased with who you are. Let that sink in for a moment. Whenever we get into this topic of God as a father and his love, we seem to translate it into some type of earning it. Some type of performing um, and earning that love. And we struggle with this concept of being loved just because we are that nothing we've done, not based on anything we've done or anything we've been expected to do, for some reason we think we can achieve more of his love or that there's different things we can do to grasp it more, to unlock more, like to have more love. And that if we're worse, we're less lovable. But this is actually wrong, this is lies. And I'm here to tell you, whether you had a good dad in your life or not, I'm here to tell you that God loves you fully at this moment. He can never love you more than he does right now. And he will never love you less. His love is uncaused and it is undeserved. God will never love you more than he does right now. And he will never love you less. He loves you fully. And his love for you is uncaused and it's undeserved. There's nothing that you can do or not do to change that love. I just want to wrap up with this. If you are wanting to maybe bring down some of those roadblocks for you in understanding God as a father and accepting him as a father, I would encourage a couple things. One thing that you can do is to begin to understand his love and his role as a father by getting to know who God really is. Increasing your knowledge of God helps you to grasp his love. Like it's really hard to accept love from someone that you don't know. Like, I actually hate that idea, like telling random people, like, I love you. Like, yeah, I love you based on like God having me love you, but I don't just like love you. I don't know you. And and to receive that on the other end, like, you don't know me. You don't love me because you don't know me. And so one thing we can do is to better understand who God is and what is God like? Answer these questions, like seek it out in the word of God and in times with him. But what is God like? What kind of a God is he? How can I expect him to act towards me? These are all questions that lead us to behold God, to look at him and become and experience his love, become like him and experience his love, like to better understand those things. And you do this by spending time with God, whether that be in the Bible or just even in times when you're praying and It can be in any form, like as you walk, as you're cooking, as you're doing whatever you're doing in your normal life, traveling on transportation, driving, whatever. Spending time with God. The Bible actually, and through the word of God, you can find that he is a good, faithful, trustable God, and he is a good father. So I encourage you to seek that out in scripture, to begin to understand what are his characteristics and who is he as a father and then also spend time with him through like worship and praise and praying and all of that and as you look at his love you can begin to understand his love better as you can see him you can see him as a good father and begin to understand your identity as his child And I would say these are some next things. And then also I want to encourage you if there is damage that, that has been very hurtful that you've experienced through fathers or like men in authority in your life, like talk to somebody, find somebody that you can share that with and then get, yeah, get the help that you need, whatever that might look like. That might just look like getting a better understanding of God and who he is as a father, but it also might look like unpacking some of that pain and whether it be counseling or just even just with a friend, a trusted person and and allowing yourself to express some of those concerns you have or things that hold you back from receiving God's love or seeing him as a father. As you maybe dialogue about that or get that out there, it might give you space to start to see him in this way. So I just want to encourage you to take those steps, to do what is needed, to bring down any walls that you might have against God in receiving his love as a perfect father. So I just want to finish by saying we're so grateful for fathers in our lives. We are blessed to have this reflection of our heavenly father and, um, um, Yeah. Encourage the fathers this, this weekend, this is coming up. Encourage the fathers in your life, the men in your life, even if it's not your personal father, but men in your life that have been fathers to you or that are fathers and you see them doing a good job, celebrate them, champion them, encourage them this weekend. Um, it's so important because they leave such an impact on children. So yeah. Pour love out over them. Let's bless them and champion them. And then the next thing is just allow yourself to experience God as your own father. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this brought clarity and brings some breakthrough in your life. Have a good day. Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life this is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.